This is episode 38 of Essential Oils by Design. Essential Oils by Design, the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Roz Isbell and Nani Chisire, and there's three things that we're both passionate about, essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Nani. Hi, Roz. So have you missed us? I'm sorry, we've had a little tiny break because Nani and I have been very, very busy cooking up some good things, which you will hear about very soon. And we wanted to talk to you today about some of the gifts and challenges of living your human design. Because human design is absolutely life-changing when you understand your human design life makes so much more sense but along with all of those incredible gifts come some you know almost reluctant to call them challenges but come some considerations and I think it's really important that we all understand what it is that we're working with when we start to come to terms with the truth of who we are. Yeah, I was the one who actually brought this topic up because I've been thinking about it a lot and how, especially as a parent, as I'm learning about my human design and trying to you know, learn about my kids, but also honor them, but honor myself at the same time and and trying to just sort it all out is a very interesting journey. It's definitely not as straightforward as, you know, like you might read a human design book and think, oh, now I know the answer. And now that I know I'm a generator, my life is magically different and <laughs> everything's wonderful. It is wonderful in many ways, of course, but it's just definitely, it's a lot of experimenting. I don't know if you've heard People call it like living your or experimenting with your human design, but that's really what I've found it to be. Oh, absolutely for sure. And you're right, Ra Uruhu, the visionary who downloaded human design 30 years ago, called it an experiment. The thing that I notice with living my human design, and it gets easier and easier as time goes by, but the thing that I notice that just comes back to kick me in the backside every time I fall away from my strategy is that I need to follow my strategy. If I follow my strategy, things work out. And it takes a little while to get used to following your strategy, to get used to falling toward your strategy rather than remembering to use it, you know, for it to become second nature. It actually does take a little while. And, you know, for me, I I live and breathe human design. I have done for the last almost four years now. And it took me a while to get into the habit of 
rather than trying to initiate things because I'm not a manifester, to actually go back and say, you know, should I do this? Did this show up in my external reality as a manifesting generator? And I've made mistakes even after knowing my human design and notwithstanding the fact that I'm a manifesting generator, I'm actually designed to make mistakes. I've tried to push, I've tried to initiate, I've tried to make things happen. And I know that's the wrong thing because it takes time. It takes time to start living your design. It takes time for it to be almost a reflex reaction when something shows up for you or when something needs to be done. I found that I need to have a thicker skin and it's not that I need to purposely have that, but what I've been noticing is that when you are living human design, it's definitely different than what society tells you because everyone's human design is totally different. And so society is telling you whatever everyone's decided as a collective together over a long period of time. So now all of a sudden my mind has shifted and I'm following things that I want to do and what I don't want to do. And people expect me to act a certain way or commit to certain things. And I'm a generator. My sacral is like, no, I don't want to go to that party. And so there's things like that where I'm like, okay, so my sacral says no just based on what it is, but are there instances where there's something that's more important that I would say yes to? So I have to sort through a few nuances sometimes, but there's also times where my sacral says no, and I don't care. Like that's really what I do or do not want to do. Or maybe my sacral says yes, and it surprises people. I have to like let everyone else's judgment bounce off me because I know that that's what's right for them or maybe what's conditioned in their head and it's not right for me. So I think that's been interesting. What about you, Raz? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of that having the courage of your own convictions, isn't it? You know, you're calling your sacral response, your conviction, and it's having the courage to live by what it says or, or deal with the consequences of not following your strategy. And, you know, Sometimes we don't follow our strategy deliberately. Just and and sometimes I think it's a good thing to do that, just to see what happens. You know, particularly on things where the outcome isn't going to be earth shattering, where it's not going to make a huge difference to your life if you don't follow your strategy on that particular thing. And this is the experiment, right? Experiment with it. Say, and I apologise to you non-generator types out there. We are sort of kind of talking from personal experience here, but overlay it with your own strategy by all means you know go against your strategy when your strategy tells you you should be doing something but your head's telling you not to or vice versa go against your strategy and do or don't do something and see what the outcome is most of the time i'm pretty sure you're going to find that you should have followed your strategy but it's interesting right and it's it is part of the experiment and i think it's for developing our own trust in the system, for developing our own you know, understanding of how we work within the confines, if you like, of the human design way of life. It's a good idea sometimes to go outside of it and see what happens. And I have to say, I have been using my strategy 
a, well, I use it all the time now and I notice that it's starting to become an automatic thing. I was going to say automatic response. Um, it's, it's starting to become quite automatic for me to use my strategy, even though I am emotionally defined, that I need to go through a bit of time to bring me the clarity that I need. But what I've found is that it is helping me so much in making decisions, mostly ones that involve spending money, interestingly enough. And it's not letting me down, which is, I'm so grateful for. I'm so, so grateful that I found human design. I'm going to go a little off type topic now, which I think is good because this thing that I've been noticing a lot outside of making decisions is that I've tuned into my empath, basically my open emotional solar plexus. And I knew, I always knew that I had this where I could feel other people's feelings, but I didn't understand it. So human design gave me like a language around it. But now I'm like so tuned into it that there's like a lot of people that I can't either can't be around or need to take a break after I've been around or an environment that I'm in, you know, kind of blindly been in for a long time, numbly, maybe not blindly, like numbly, just like being there. And now all of a sudden I notice, it's not necessarily that I notice the feeling in the situation, I leave the situation, all of a sudden I'm like, ugh, like why, why do I feel so sad right now? Or why am I so frustrated? I don't even have anything at the moment to be frustrated about. Of course, other times I do. <laughs> I've actually, I mean, I've been using essential oils for a long time and I've used them more in the last like three months for emotional things than I have for a long time. And I know Roz has been using them for emotions for a while, but for me it's, and it's not necessarily that I am like trying to put in a certain emotion. I'm actually just trying to shake off. Like I just am trying to soothe my feelings (laughs) and remind myself like, that's not mine. That's not mine it's okay. Just let it go. If it is mine, it will stay longer and I'll figure it out. Anyways, I'm very tuned in to people that I'm around now. And some people have actually like, you'll probably let go of some friends. I don't know. I mean, not everyone is going to, but as you like tune into who you are more and become more who you are, no matter what, like some things shake off and out of your life. Hey, uh, what sort of essential oils have you been using for the emotions? I have been using like melaleuca and lemongrass. Those are my go-to like, and marjoram. I put them right on my chest because that's kind of where I feel my emotions surprisingly. I don't know, some people maybe feel lower, but I feel my anxiety like come up to my, my chest. But then I also breathe and the citrus oils are the ones. And I even have been like slathering rose on. <laughs> I have the touch rose, so rollerball, yeah because that one has very high vibration. The name of my game is to get my vibration back to a calm, I guess. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned rose because I have been doing exactly the same thing. I have been putting rose all over my chest almost every day just to kind of keep me, I know it sounds funny saying rose to ground me, but it, it kind of keeps me together. That's what rose does for me. And I know what rose actually is doing because of the fact that it is such a high vibrational essential oil it's actually bringing my vibration up and making me feel better but i have felt the need for some big guns lately there's been yeah a lot of stuff going on out there that affects 
each and every one of us in different ways. But, you know, people who understand that there are energies that are affecting us, people that are interested in things like human design and finding out what's going on energetically in the world are more likely to be affected by these bumps and blips and whatever you want to call them that are going on locally and globally. And sometimes I just think you you need something to cuddle you and, and cosset you and keep you safe. And Rose does that for me. It makes such a difference to the way I feel. And while you're emotionally open, Nani, I have an open G-Centre or Identity Centre. And what I always kind of knew innately was that I couldn't be around negative people. If somebody was negative, if somebody was, oh, you know, a bit of a sad sack or everything was bad. Naysayer. Yeah, naysayer, negative, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) I just couldn't be around them or I could be around them, but I didn't like being around them. And now that I understand human design and I know that my open G center, and there are other places in the chart. So if you have a defined G center and you, you resonate with what I'm saying, it'll be something else going on in your chart. That's, that's bringing this out for you. But I now understand why they affect me so much because I'm experiencing their negative energy amplified you know, the negative soul-based energy because that's where your G-centre is, is where you experience your soul. And when you have an open G-centre, you're experiencing other people's soul energy. And so when they're negative, you know, when they're low-vibing negative people, you really feel it. And so now I've given myself permission, like Nani was saying, you know, you kind of let some people go along the way. And I'm okay with that. In fact, to be totally honest, I haven't let that many people go because they've been let go over the years. And now I find myself just surrounded by positive people and it makes such a difference. It really does. So maybe check that out if you're feeling anything like what Nani and I were saying. And open emotions will do that as well. But it really does make a difference who you're around. And I use Bergamo as well bergamo essential oil i actually love a blend of bergamo and rose oil and rose is very expensive obviously but you can get the rose touch and it's such a high vibrational oil that even though it's diluted with fractionated coconut oil it still vibes incredibly high i would say take 20 drops of rose touch and put that in a 10 ml roller bottle and 10 drops of bergamot and top that up with your preferred carrier oil. Fractionated coconut oil might be a nice one because that's what's already in the rose touch. And just use that. I rub that on my chest. I rub on my glands, on the side of my neck, on the back of my neck, on my wrists. It's the most beautiful fragrance. So it's a really nice perfume, but it, it really does help. I'm super excited about the new calming blend that doTERRA is releasing called Adaptive. So that one might be another good one for all of us. Yeah. For those of you who who haven't heard 
this one is like a it's it's a grounding calming blend but it's one that can help you deal with anxious thoughts that can kind of bring you back into your body again and it really sounds fabulous i was just going to talk about one of the gifts that i and i mean another gift that i found in human design because i have the open head and probably people who have open head and ajna could really or and open will centers could well, probably any openness can do, do something with this, but I own a small business on the side. So there are times when I need to like go be creative and I get stuck doing things. And so going to a coffee shop, I know we've talked about this before, but it's like this one small nugget has changed my life when I get stuck, like just getting into the energy of other people and kind of seeing things from a different way. I have also been following it's part of the generator strategy to like when you're frustrated, just wait a little while because you're probably hitting a plateau. And that often just like, I don't know, somehow those two can combine for me. Like I'll just take a break and then I'll go to a coffee shop and all of a sudden I'll achieve mastery. Maybe it's because I'm around someone else's energy. Maybe it's for myself. I don't know, but it's, it's definitely a creative tool that I can use to give me lots of inspiration in my head. Although sometimes I have too much. I want to do everything that comes in there. Remember, you're not a manifesting generator. I know. (laughs) And another thing, I was going to give an example of, of how I still am working through using my own strategy versus doing things for my kids because I think there's a very, and we can get Roz's take on it too, but I think there, you can't just learn about your kids human design strategy and think it's like going to be this magic cure-all it's definitely insightful but if you're still going through your own human design experiment and kind of figuring stuff out it is there's definitely nuances to parenting during this time I don't know if there's probably should be a name for this time period (laughs) these first seven years where you're still figuring it out an example for me it would be I don't know See, I, I'm just not a part, maybe I'm just not a party person right now, but I am on the roof. Like, the roof. <laughs> if say one of my kids gets invited to a birthday party and at, like at a terrible time of day, but it's their best friend. So in that case, even though my sacral is like, or whatever, my decision-making, so it's my strategy says, I don't really want to go to it. If I didn't have the in the situation I would just not go but because my kid is there then I take like a second layer of questioning is the person's party that we're going to worth it enough for us to go to or not will they even care if we're there will my kid care if we're there like I just go through a second round of questioning and sometimes I do it anyway and it doesn't work out well for me and it might not have worked out well for her either now I I also ask questions of my kids to make sure that I'm not just making a societal assumption about what they might want to be doing. Like, oh, they want to go to every single party, but maybe they're like, oh, I don't care. I would rather go biking or that kid is a good friend or that kid is not like, oh yes, I really need to go to that. Anyways, maybe I'm explaining too much about a birthday party, but (laughs) this is, this is like, it's a real world example. And that one's probably like a smaller thing. There's definitely bigger things that happen in my life, but yeah. what about you guys? And I, and I think you've really got to be a parent to understand that 
don't you? I mean, it's, it's all well and good to be told by your human design specialist or teacher that, you know, this is the way that it works, but in the real world, it's not always that cut and dry. So, you know, understanding that being a parent comes with its own set of challenges and Yes, you know, there is a certain amount of follow your design. It's all predestined for you. It's all going to work out properly versus what will the outcome be if I don't honour my child's wishes, even though they don't necessarily concur with mine. So there's there's some conundrums there for sure. Yeah, because if you were a projector parent and you have a manifesting generator kid, they're going to have energy to do probably five times more things than you. I don't know. My kids do. (laughs) And we're the same type. But that so then there's a conundrum about, okay, I don't have the energy for it, but they do. Okay, maybe I need to ask for support from other parents or something to help. Or maybe it's your partner or spouse or whoever. Or you're a manifesting generator parent, your kid is a projector or reflector. And you like to keep going, going. And until you recognize that they can't do as much as you, you could have just like inadvertent issues in your house because your kids burned out or something. Yeah. You have to look at more than yourself and you have to, but you have to follow your strategy, but you also have to have a little understanding of how their energy works and experiment between the two energies. And this, this happens with relationships as well. It's not just parent and child. Yeah. Um, Any friendship or romantic relationship has more than one person. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I do as a generator type. I'm prefacing this for the 30% of you who aren't generators. But what I do when I ask my sacral whether we should do something is, okay, if I take my daughter to this event, will that make me feel good? Because it's not about her. I can't really ask my sacral questions about whether she should go, but I can ask my sacral questions about whether taking her will be good for me. And if it's good for me, then it's probably going to be good for her because, you know, she's paramount. She's her welfare is so important to me. So if it's good for me, it's it's going to be good for her. That's the way I handle situations along the lines of what you were talking about. But it's an experiment. I don't want to say there's no rules because clearly, you know, we're setting out a whole stack of rules. But I think it's really important with all of this, you know. I I reluctantly use the word spiritual, but we, you know, everyone's looking for answers now. Everyone's looking for a different way of being, a different way of doing. They're looking for a different source. And I think, you know, certain people will tell you, you have to do things this way. This is the way you do it. But usually there's more than one way to do something. There's, there's more than one way to handle a problem. And you've got to come up with the answer that's right for you. Human design gives you a lot of answers and it gives you scope too once you understand it. It really does. It's not a a really linear methodology. There's so much scope for people to play around once they understand. And, you know, it's not just about strategy, even though we say that all the time, you know, follow your type and strategy and you'll be right. But there's also other things going on inside people's charts, you know, inside their designs that will make them do things certain ways. And that can be really helpful to understanding that. And for me, you know, 
just understanding how my family operate has been such a gift. More so really than even understanding how I operate. I, I say that very loosely. I love the fact that I know how I operate, but from a harmonious perspective, just knowing who the other people in my house are who my family members are in terms of their design, who the people that I work with are in terms of their design. It makes such a difference. And I've been playing around a lot with the, there's two words. So one word is judgment. We're very judgmental in this society. We are very, very quick to judge people. It doesn't matter how, sorry, dog doesn't matter how evolved we are we are all very quick to judge and what human design gives me is acceptance and I think the opposite of judgment is acceptance if you can accept someone or something because that's who they are they're doing that because that's who they are they're doing that because that's how they're designed or they're doing that because they've been conditioned to do that acceptance is such a beautiful gift to have to be given because it takes all of that friction out it takes all of the pressure out it just makes life so much easier if you can accept somebody for who they are and that's what human design gives me it gives me that as well yeah so I don't know, I think that might just about finish this one up. It's a little bit more conversational than usual, hey Nani. But before we do, I just want to remind people that Nani, if you look on her website, you will find a link and her website is humandesigntools.com. You will find a link that will take you to a series of zines that she has written in collaboration with the beautiful Emily. And these zines there's one for each type and they are just stunning. They are beautifully written. They are incredibly informative. They, I didn't write them, but I kind of wish I did because they say exactly what I would say about each of the types. So go and check them out and buy them for yourself. Buy them as a gift for other people because they're just a wonderful little resource to have on hand to help you to understand your type and the other types because you will have all of the types in your life. There will be someone of each of the types, even the reflectors in your life somewhere. So I just wanted to say that, Nani. Well, thanks for that, Roz. And zine just means like little mag magazine. So it's more visual than a lot of the other human design books that are out there. And it will be in digital format soon because I know in Australia oh, yeah. right now we're not shipping them over to Australia very easily, but we will be, they will be available to everyone in the world. Yeah, they are um, so beautiful. I, I can say that they are beautiful because I did not draw the artwork, but. <laughs> <laughs> they um, are just, they are literally like pieces of art. Sorry. So Yeah. 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 Emily put her heart and soul into those and it was a really fun project. Mm -hmm. So thank you for listening. If you have any questions, we're starting to get emails from people with ideas for podcasts. So those will be coming up soon, the answers. So if anyone else has ideas, let us know because we love responding to things. So if you want to know anything more about human design, if you want a human design reading, you can go to 
findyournaturalgroove.com for Roz. She's doing readings for people. And I'm at humandesigntools.com. And we both can help you with essential oils and human design. So thank you again for listening. Bye, Roz. Bye, Nani. Bye, everyone.